Welcome to Seizure Salad, Fuster Cluck Epilepticus. A salty, slightly cynical conversation about epilepsy, neurological disorders, and occasional random tangents. Together, we explore the synaptic jolts that short-circuit one's world and the mental and emotional fallout that comes from them. And if that sounds heavy, don't worry. We don't take ourselves too seriously. And now, Seizure Salad with your host and electrostatic meat sack, Micah B-Side. Welcome to Seizure Salad, Fuster Cluck Epilepticus. I'm your host, electrostatic meat sack, and Lab Rat, it's Mike B-Side. How you guys doing out there? I am with really cool guest today, Christy Kundi. Kund. Kundi. It, I said that I said it right that third time, didn't I, Christy? I think you got it the first time, Kundi. Kundi. There you go. Right on. <laughs> Christy is a consultant pharmacist, and uh, sh- her specialties are in precision medicine and pharmacogenomics. Genom- pharmacogenomics. Now that one, I don't think I'm going to be able to say right for the entire time. Can I just call it by its its uh, anagram, PGX? PGX. <laughs> okay. Okay, yeah. cool. Cool. Uh, Christy is out in Arizona with her husband, Keith, and two furry ones. Now, her company is called Clinical Care Consulting, making healthcare personal. Christy, tell us how you came into this. Tell us a little bit about yourselves and your experience and how you fell into precision medicine and PGX. All right. Thank you for the introduction. So um, first of all, I graduated from pharmacy school in 2015. I went to Belmont University in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, Since I graduated, I was working in managed care for a health insurance company with the Medicare Part D as in dog prior authorizations. And so I wasn't doing anything with that, but back in 2013, I had done the 23andMe test and I was always interested in my DNA and ancestry because my mom was adopted. So I wanted to try to learn more about that side, but I was surprised that when I got my 23andMe, it actually had some information about medications on there. And in pharmacy school, it wasn't really covered that much. Um, It's really taken off lately, but um, we didn't have an elective for it. I didn't learn that much. So it was kind of just on the back burner in my mind. Like one of the things I learned was that I was a slow metabolizer of a certain gene that is related to coffee or caffeine. And so I've never drank caffeine. I've never drank coffee, but it explains because I was a slow metabolizer that there, too much caffeine would be in my system and it would cause me to have these side effects and feel sick. So you know, that was interesting when I got, I was like, oh, wow, that, that makes a lot of sense. Right. And, um, so anyways, I was working, you know, with managed care and then in February, 2020, I wasn't too busy with work. So I was like, I kind of want to do more. And so I took a PGX certificate course through Mayo clinic. They've been really involved with, um, in the forefront of PGX research. And I was looking for jobs with that. After I got my certificate, there was none out there. And then I connected on LinkedIn with another pharmacist that's a consultant pharmacist who left Walgreens to start her own business. And I was like, wow, that's what I'm going to do. I love PGX. I love being able to help patients and empower them um, to know more about their what's going on with their healthcare and help be involved in their treatment decisions. So, yeah, that's kind of where how I got started doing this. Cool. Really cool. So you've got a hands on. You actually have chemistry and pharmaceutical like you you have detailed 
understanding of that side of it. And then out of just sheer curiosity and your background knowledge from your education, you fell into the DNA side of it as well. So then it, it just seems like a natural progression into the PGX. Now, and this this really interests me because of my intolerance to to medications, my super sensitivity to side effects and the tendency for medications not to work on me as well. So can you explain a little bit more what precision medicine and PGX actually is and why this is so important for us? Yeah. So precision medicine is, might be a term that some of you have heard of it. Um, during the Obama era, there was an initiative started for precision medicine. Basically, you're just trying to customize healthcare treatments and decisions for each individual. So you're going to consider your differences in DNA, your environment, your lifestyle factors. And this is really a contrast to the one size fits all approach that we traditionally see in medicine today. And then pharmacogenomics, PGX, is a part of precision medicine. PGX is going to predict how a person's DNA interacts with different medications, which we call drug gene interactions. The main way that our DNA interacts with medications is through the action of liver enzymes. And the liver enzymes are what break down or metabolize the medications. So these are called the CYP P450 liver enzymes. And they, the majority of medications are broken down by these liver enzymes. And what's going to happen is you're going to have four different metabolizer types based on your DNA. So if you're an ultra rapid metabolizer, it's going to be removed from your body too quickly. And so the medication is likely not going to be effective for you. If you're an extensive or normal metabolizer, the metabolism rate of the medications is normal. Um, you typically respond to the regular doses of medications. Um, then you have an intermediate metabolizer. They have a slightly slower rate of metabolism than a normal one, which can cause you to have too much medication that's building up in your body because it's not being broken down and eliminated as it should. And then that can cause side effects. And then the last one is a poor metabolizer. So that has very slow metabolism rate. And then you're likely going to have side effects at the regular doses that are given um, because the medication just isn't being eliminated from your body. Ooh, that's, that sounds dangerous. That sounds really dangerous. And this speaks exactly to why so many people have to jump from medication to medication in order to find one that might work for them. So this makes total sense. Case in point, just this summer, they uh, put me on a trial drug. Well, a drug that they still call it a trial drug. It was released late 2020 and supposed to be, it, it was supposed to work differently on the neuroreceptors than other seizure meds. And it was supposed to be able to replace multiple drugs uh, for me, for my different seizure types. And once I got on full dosage of this, I actually started getting um, heart palpitations and rapid heartbeats. And I ended up almost having a heart attack and had to go to, um, they sent me to the ER and I ended up having to hard stop it. And they put me on a really strong benzo to bring me down to hard stop me off of this drug. Nobody ever hard stops you off of a seizure med. So 
this kind of might explain why. Because a lot of times people are like, I didn't respond to that. But no one ever tells you exactly why your body is rejecting this drug or why this drug is interacting with your body the way it is. So this pharmacogenomics. See, I did it. I said it. So pharmacogenomics. You got it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So this can, this can help um, a patient explain in much more detail exactly why that drug doesn't like your body or vice versa, why your body does not like that drug if you're a slow metabolizer. Uh, metabolizer. And, and let, me, let me ask this. Um, we're not talking about your overall metabolism. We're just talking about how a particular enzyme that enzyme is a slow metabolizer compared to the rest of your liver? Or is it the entire, all of your enzymes overall? If you're a slow metabolizer, are you a slow meta metabolizer entirely? Good question. So your the CYP P450 system of liver enzymes, it's there's a lot. So there's CYP2D6, CYP2C19, CYP2C9, CYP3A4. These are responsible for metabolizing the majority of medications and each different liver enzyme can have its own metabolizer type. So you could be an ultra rapid 2D6 metabolizer, but then a poor metabolizer for 2C19. And so it really depends on each specific medication, which liver enzymes are responsible for breaking down or metabolizing that medication. So some drugs, it might be only CYP2C19. Some may have multiple ones that it that break it down. So then you have to look at your metabolizer type for both of those and see how it affects it. Brilliant. And it's the same thing, kind of like if you think about there's other um, enzymes in your body that break things down, right? Like ones that break down protein, one that break down carbs, ones that break down fat. So there's so many enzymes in your in your body that your DNA is responsible for encoding. I'm trying to think of a better word to use for encoding because that's not really patient friendly. Um, <laughs> but um, that determines right how how they work. So. So, yeah, I hope that answered that. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it completely answers that. And that's one of the reasons. In fact, I, I from what I'm understanding here, that is one of the main reasons why some medications work for some patients and some don't. And that also that, exactly. So typically what you're going to. Oh, sorry. Well, and it also goes into um, just to go into even bring even to expand on this a little bit further. Um, my younger brother and I both have epilepsy. We've had it all our lives, um, you know, from the little small ones. I can remember ever since I can remember, I've had small petite malls and focal seizures, focal awares and, and absent seizures. And never knew it. We always thought it was something else. You know, it's the 70s and 80s. They never called them seizures back then. And um, so he and I respond differently to drugs. Kepra worked fine for him. He tried a couple of different drugs and got stable on it and everything. Those things were horrible for me. So even though we have many of the same genes we don't have exactly the same genes and exactly the same dna so there might be a couple of pieces of the puzzle inside of his liver enzymes that are different than mine that processed those drugs separately yes a hundred percent what we typically see if say you have a 
group of patients, they have the same diagnosis, they're all on the same medication, you're going to see four different types of response. So you're going to see some, some of these patients have no response. Some will have a partial response. Some will have a good response and then some will have side effects. And they say up to 80% of this variability in drug response can actually be explained by that individual's unique DNA. Wow. Personally speaking, I don't understand why this isn't protocol right now. It, it, and I, you know, I know, I know the genome and everything. If you think about the history of Western medicine, this is still a blink in an eye, a blink of an eye as far as how long this has been around. So you can kind of understand that. And, and medicine is much like government and, and all kinds of different institutions. They're very slow to change. But the implications of this for doctors and patients and overall care, um, not to mention the money and, and supply chain, Lord, uh, are, are huge. And they are big enough and important enough and critical enough that I think this warrants some serious attention. Um, and let's let's shift to that. Let's talk about this a little bit. So let's get into, into more detail about how this can actually like real world, how it helps doctors and patients. Well, let's talk about the clinical and financial impact. And so let's start with that. The clinical and financial impact of something like this could bring to the industry and to patients in, in particular. Yeah, so PTX can really help guide your physicians in prescribing the most effective uh, medication while also lowering your risk of side effects. Your legs, you go and beat it with your crutch. It's all too much.